כתובות דף פ"ד עמוד א', Fear and Security and Love, משום חינה. Often we think that love can overcome all hardships, and, and in many ways I guess it can, but there is a precondition to love. Security, a feeling of being secure is a precondition to love, because if one's filled with fear and insecurity, it's very hard to open one's heart in a, in a vulnerable way and risk uh, one's heart in a relationship of love. To be able to open one's heart, one has to have some degree of security. Uh, and that's what we learn in the Mishnah and the Peace of Gemara that follows today, where we're talking about a situation of A person dies, he has assets, and he leaves a woman, a wife, who has a ketuva, so she's a claimant on his assets, and he has a creditor, so he's a claimant on his assets, and he has the heirs, their claimants on his assets. And it, he didn't have available cash, but his cash was deposited as a loan elsewhere. So imagine that his cash is in the bank. And the question now is, who gets first right to that cash? Who can claim the cash? Now, normally we say, that movable property, which includes cash, does not become subordinated to a creditor. So in this case, the cash that's deposited in the bank is not subordinated to the woman from it, to claim her ketuva from it or to the balchov, to the creditor. And therefore, one would assume that it belongs to the Yorshim, it belongs to the heirs, that they are mukhzakim. They have ownership of the movable property of the father the moment the father dies. But this, in, in this case, isn't so. And Rabbi Tarifun says that that money, which is deposited in the bank, let's say, goes le koshel shebahem, to the most vulnerable of creditors, to the most uh, vulnerable of those who have a claim on it. Who is that? What does he mean by the most vulnerable? So the Gemara brings uh, two views. It brings the view of Rabbi Yossi Barabi Khanina, who says, talking about the person who has the weakest documentary evidence, because the others have documents and they can go and claim the money later on. But what we're going to focus on is the view of Rabbi Yochanan, who says that what Rabbi Tarfon means when he says, La koshel shebahem, you give this money to the most vulnerable, he's talking about ktuvat isha. He's talking about paying out the ksubu with this money, mishum china. And this is a strange word, because of chen, because of china. We know what the word chen means, this sense of graciousness, this charisma almost. But if we look at the word chen uh, at its core root, it comes from lechanot, which is to, in Kemba, Chanukah is they rested on the 25th Chanu, they rested on the 25th of Kislev. The idea of chen is a person who is tranquil in their sense of inner security. That's really what chen is, somebody who's at rest, somebody who's at peace, somebody who doesn't need to pursue and prove anything, uh, that's the real meaning of chen. And it's a particularly attractive quality when it comes to a woman. And so Rabbi Yochanan explains Rabbi Tarfun as this needs to be paid to the Ketuvati Shah because of chen. Now, what does that mean? What is the chen for the woman, the chen that the woman needs? So we're going to look at three different perushim. Um, and they're interesting perushim because there's a bit of historic background to them. 
The one perush is Rabbeinu Hananel brought in the Tosfot. Rabbeinu Hananel is one of those very early people who span the era of the Goanim and the Rishonim. Uh, we've spoken about him many times before. He's actually born in Italy, and that's quite important for, for this conversation. Um, how he got to Italy, we don't know. In Italy, particularly in Rome, there was a Jewish presence from before the destruction of the Second Temple. And then after the destruction of the Second Temple, of course, many more people were exiled to Italy. Uh, and so the community in Rome grew even further. And Italy then became a very important center of, of Torah learning and was connected closely to the other centers of learning being in Israel and in Babylon, in Bovel. Uh, there was a lot of communication between the two. There was a lot of travel between the two. Students from, from Italy went to study in the yeshivas of Bovel. Um, the Geonim were able to teach their Torah to uh, the members of the leaders of the Italian Torah community. So there was a lot of communi communication. And Rabbi Hananel is influenced by the, by the Geonim. Some consider him to be one of the last Geonim. Uh, and he then travels to North Africa, to what is today Tunisia, Tunisia Karyon it was then, and there he establishes Tatora in North Africa, which becomes the yeshiva that the Rif goes to and, and, and develops further. It becomes a major center of, of Torah. Uh, from Italy also, there are people who went further north. The Rabbeinu Kolonimus went to, to Germany and uh, laid the foundations of Torah there, where Rabbeinu Gershom was also one of these people who spans the Goenim and the uh, and, and the Rishonim time. So you've got Rabbeinu Hananel, Italy to North Africa. You've got Rabbeinu Gershom in Europe, in Western Europe. You've got Rabbeinu Kelonimus who moves from Italy and takes the Torah of Italy to nor Northern Europe. You've got some very great Rishonim in Italy. The Tosfos Reed is one of them, the Rimitrani. There are um, many, many great uh, authorities in Italy itself. So Tosfus brings Rabbeinu Hananel, who says, what does this chen mean? It means, hanashim, that the women should have chen in the eyes of men. We want to be sure that this woman who's going to want to remarry now is going to have some kind of an advantage. She's already at a disadvantage because she's been previously married. But in order that she should have chen, that men should look at her and find her tranquil, at peace, secure, uh, we make sure that she has access to the money that belongs to her because of the ketuvah of her first husband. And then they'll be more eager to marry her and she's in a much more secure position. And it seems the, the Aruch has, uh, says the same thing now. The Aruch is another Italian authority. So this goes back to, to early 11th century. The Aruch is the first Torah dictionary. Uh, he writes a dictionary of difficult Aramaic words. With being a Rishon, every entry is not just a translation of the word. It's a parish of a, of a Rishon that's quite amazing and becomes very influence, influential in Europe. It seems Rashi never saw the Aruch uh, because it was published just at the time, uh, just before Rashi's death. He probably didn't see it at all or saw it at the end of his life. Uh, but the Rashbam, Rashi's grandchild, the Bale Tosfot, yeah, our own Tosfot, over here we see quotes from the Aruch, from this dictionary. And Tosfus says that the Aruch also seems to 
hold that that's what Rach means and that Rach is aligned with the Yerushalmi that says the idea of Chain is that she should have Chain in the eyes of men who will then want to marry her and that's why we take care of her in a particular way. But what Tosfos doesn't mention is that the Aruch also brings a second parish. The Aruch brings the parish of the Kuntras Magensa. The Kuntras Magensa is a sefer that we don't have much of. We have it quoted in various places. We've got pieces of it. But it was written by the wise people of Magensa, who are the Talmudim. It's the school of Rabbeinu Gershom. So Rabbeinu Gershom was in Magensa, now known as Mainz. Um, and his school published his Torah in the form of the Kuntras Magensa. And the Aruch quotes the Kuntras Magensa as a different explanation, a different view of what this chain means. And he says that the, the meaning here is since the woman knows that if her husband passes away, her interests are put before the interests of any creditors or the heirs. The result of that is that while her husband is alive, she's willing to open her heart to him and to serve him and take care of him and connect with him with all her heart. And as a result of that, she finds chen, he finds her attractive. Uh, she's a secure woman. There's, a, there's nothing as unattractive as an insecure woman and a very needy woman. Uh, and there's nothing as attractive as a woman who has inner security and tranquility. Uh, and in order that her husband, so according to the Chachmem, the, the Kuntras Magensa, this is not about men that she should be able to marry after the death of her husband. This is to enhance the quality of their relationship, of a husband-wife relationship. It's important that there's a solid ketuvah. And we know the importance of a ketuvah, and we know that if, if one doesn't have a ketuvah, if the ketuvah is lost or whatever, was never written, uh, Chazal tell us that it's like a uh, it's like having a relationship with a prostitute. Why, why is that? Because if a woman doesn't feel secure, who knows why she's being intimate with her husband? Is she doing it because she wants to placate him? She wants to make sure that he takes care of her? That's prostitution. That means she is selling herself to him. We want her to be so secure that the only reason she engages in intimacy with her husband is because she loves him, because she wants to. And all other reasons are, are removed because she's secure within herself. And the way to make sure that she feels secure, say the, this is the Kuntras Magensa, is to make sure not only that she has a ketuvah, but that she can access that ketuvah with ease without having to go to court and fighting and looking for creditors and accessing the money and seeing where it's been hidden. She has first claim on it, uh, even if it's not karka, even if it's not property, which is actually subordinated to her, even if it's just cash, but it isn't in the hands of the heirs, she gets access to that before anybody else. And that gives her the sense of security, which results in he being adoring of her. Uh, the fact that she serves him with an open heart and is willing to be vulnerable with him and to take care of him in every way. He adores her as a result of that. And the result of that is Shalom Bais. Then there's proper Shalom Bais. So the Kuntras Amagensa, in passing in this piece of Gemara, 
give us an insight into the formula, one of the important formulas for Shalom Bayit, the security of a woman who feels safe enough to dedicate herself to her husband without fear of exploitation and without fear of being taken for granted in any kind of way. She's willing to open herself to him. And as a result of that, he responds with an adoring relationship to her and takes care of her in every way. And that, that creates Shalom Bayit. But if she is made to feel insecure, that Shalom Bayit can be shattered. Rashi, interestingly, has a third approach, which is interesting because normally Rashi is influenced by the Kuntras Magensa because Rashi is a Talmud of a Talmud of Rabbeinu Gershon, so he's from the same school. Uh, so I'm not sure why Rashi feels the necessity here to uh, deviate from the Chachma Magensa. And although he didn't have the Aruch, so he didn't see the Kuntras Magensa quoted in the Aruch, but he must have known that from his own Rabbein, nevertheless, he... he Deviates and he says, It's in order that the men should have chen, so that the women should find the men attractive. That they shouldn't be afraid that they might lose their ktuva. Uh, if they marry a person, they might lose their financial independence. If this person dies, There'll be all sorts of other claims on the ketuvah, and she might not get what is due to her. And so she feels maybe rather rather don't get married, and we don't want that. We want to encourage her to get remarried. And by making sure that she knows if she remarried, she will have immediate access to the money in her ketuvah. It won't be hidden from her. It won't be made difficult for her to access. She will be more willing to engage in a relationship with the next, uh, in the next marriage, in her second ma- marriage. Um so that, that she finds that that I'm not sure why Rashi finds the necessity, but again we see here how the the how fear can get in the way of love. If she's afraid, she might meet somebody and she might fall in love with somebody, that's all fine. But if she's afraid that she's going to be financially d- deprived and insecure, that could hold her back from opening herself herself in marriage to a second husband. Uh, and the security to know that she she will be taken care of enables her to open her heart. Uh, and so as, as great as, as love is, we see that that security is important. And security doesn't come only from having money. That's uh, that's one way, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's kind of necessary. Before there can be love, there needs to be physical and financial security. <clears throat> we know that Viktor Frankl had a different view. He had the view that uh, a sense of higher purpose and meaning gives one a sense of security. And, and we know that bitochen comes from one's connection to Hashem, that real inner security that creates an aura of chen in a person comes from being feeling safe and secure, and we feel safe and secure through our connection to Hashem and our belief and trust in Hashem. That's bitachon, that's the way we're, we really feel secure enough to have that sense of chen that sense of graciousness and tranquility uh, that is so attractive in men and in women. Uh, however, we can't assume that every woman has that level of bitachon. We have to make sure that she has physical and material safety and security as well so that she feels free enough to be vulnerable and open herself in love to her husband. <laughs>